Here's a couple of my old podcasts from April 2021. Apparently back then, the uh, cop that murdered George Floyd was convicted at the same time that the media was doing a hate crime hoax on another cop. And people were starting to catch wind to the fact that, you know, K-12 through schools were trying to tell uh, white people that they were inherently evil from the moment they were born and the doctors patted them on the belly. Sorry, bottom. I guess your mileage may vary. Depends on the doctor you get. Anyways, coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin trial ended the other day. Guilty on all counts for uh, Derek Chauvin, the cop. Talk about it here in a second, but uh, like, you know, like I think a half hour before the verdict was announced, there was a 16 year old black girl named Micaiah Bryant who was shot by a cop. And so I want to talk about her a little bit, then we'll get to Chauvin. So I think the timeline on Micaiah Bryant was somehow. The media knew that she was 16, she was black, and she was shot by a cop. But they had not seen the video of what went down. So I so I did a little thing. I went on to uh, Google News, and I, you know, if you put, put your search term into quotes, you can limit it to exactly that thing. So I did a search for black teenager shot. And because the corporate media websites all copy each other, Basically every, you know, there's like a thousand hits, unless there's 5,000 hits. But, um, so every corporate media site had some article that had the words, black teenager shot. Like, those were, you know, those three words in that order. Uh, so, you know, whoever started that, and then they all copied it. And then, so the rest of, you know, the headlines were, black teenager shot by police, or black teenager shot by a cop and when I see a headline like that I mean that sounds like murder that sounds like murder to me I don't know I don't know what you would think if you saw that headline but that you know that's you know that's the headline of a cop murdering a black teenager and then the whatever the police department was terrified of you know this is Columbus Ohio terrified of you know riots and who knows what? Everyone getting fired. We'll see if someone gets fired or not. But anyway, so they were pretty quick to release the footage, which you know, used to, there's legal there's laws where cops cannot just release the footage of a crime scene. But anyways, lately they're like, you know, screw those laws. We gotta we gotta get the, we gotta get out ahead of this if if it's a good shoot. And in this case, it's obviously a good shoot. The woman was the woman the 16 year old girl was. Uh, in the middle of trying to kill someone using a knife. And I'll tell you, like, I guess this is sexist, but, you know, some sexist things are true. But, like, you see, like, a girl throw a ball, you know, and they don't throw it the same way a man does or a boy does. It's the same thing with uh, knives. Like, a lot of people don't hold the knife correctly. You know, heck, even boys, I'm sure. And... You know, they just, they're not stabbing right. You know, they're not, they're not really doing what you need to do to kill someone with a knife. But Micaiah Bryant, who was a huge girl, she was doing it right. I mean, she was going in there. She wasn't doing the downward psycho knife stab. She was doing the, you know, 
the you shiv someone 20 times in the gut in the prison movie type of stabbing and she was going like straight for the some other black girl or woman's uh you know somewhere the neck to eyeball area she's going for just that general area and the cop is like stop 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 and then just goes blam blam blam, blam. shoots her four times i think some people might say that four times is too much but um if you ever shot a gun it just like you know, the clip will be empty the clip will be empty you like you 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 shoot the first shot and then all of a sudden your clip is empty it's weird it's something about the human brain but you shoot you shoot him fast there's there's no reason i mean he should have shot four times cuz she was trying to kill someone you know and that's a cop's job to uh stop people in the middle of trying to murder other people plus four shots is comp i mean that's actually pretty low cuz it's just the human brain can get off a lot of shots without even thinking about it so anyways the media made up a bunch of headlines you know intending to deceive i mean there's you know the, so the first you know the first few hours they made up these headlines that made it sound like a cop murdered a black girl and then the next day they made up a bunch more headlines you know they created a bunch more headlines and put them on the internet making it sound like a cop murdered a black girl and so at that point that's not trying to inform the public that is trying to deceive the public so anyways white liberals will read their new york times articles and feel real proud about proud of themselves when they hate the cops and don't learn that it was a good shoot and you know whatever that's just the same stuff that happens every time i guess the one thing that was crazy is lebron james put a picture of the cop who did it on his twitter account and said you're next and then he took it down and uh so anyways you know what does your next mean a lot of people are saying that's like calling for violence it could be you're next like derek chauvin just went to jail for murder uh you could be the next person going to jail for murder anyways obviously lebron james had not seen the video didn't know nothing about it uh everyone was very happy to use that as a basically twitter went crazy people the people on the anti-blm people who are not blocked went crazy and were replying to uh, LeBron James, you know, 10,000, 100,000 times, just showing pictures of her with the knife and whatnot. So that was interesting. Okay, so the Derek Chauvin trial. Um, I'm I'm happy with the verdict. And it's a little funny. I think I'm, I'm happy with the verdict. And I, I follow that thing monumentally closely. There's like lawyers on YouTube who break down every single bit of it and, you know, bring up the case law and so on. And I, I follow those guys. I watch them every, every day, you know, let's hear an hour long breakdown of every day of that court case. And the reason why I liked that verdict is because America is not a racist country. People in America are not racist. Like I don't know a single person who's a racist, but the media is like saying, every white person in america is racist and so this trial was basically america on trial for racism and the verdict was not guilty america is not guilty of racism now like the case itself i think it could have gone either way so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that that it was obvious that he was guilty or innocent and then you got the you know murder two three and manslaughter two so then you got to deal with all that stuff 
you know, George Floyd, he was on drugs. He had a bad heart. He had previously had a similar thing with the cops one year before and almost died that time without the knee on the neck. You know, basically just getting arrested almost killed him in a similar situation one year ago. But on the other hand, you know, what's the difference between that time when he very came when he came very close to dying and this year, or sorry, the year afterward when he did die? Well, there was a knee on his neck. And he said, you know, put me on the ground. There's a whole bunch of stuff that causes doubt. But, you know, how much doubt? A reasonable doubt. And, you know, that's just up to each person. And so, I think, I think uh, that jury could have very easily gone either way. And they went one way, and that's totally fine. And there's not going to be any reason for, like, a mistrial or an appeal or anything like that to overturn it unless okay and so here we go here's the unless so the jury members are going to be hot topics for interviews by the media right the media is going to be chasing after every after every juror and the two alternates 14 people i think they already got an interview out of one of the alternates and so i think that if a juror says that they were afraid for their life, then that's the kind of thing. Like, basically, if a juror is like, I thought he was not guilty, but I said he was guilty, you know, for some reason. We can, we can imagine some reasons here. And I think that is actually cause for a mistrial. And I can imagine myself being on that jury and, you know, I think, I, I think they got the right call. But let's just say... I listened to it, and I had a reasonable doubt, you know? Reasonable doubt, what does that mean? That's everyone's own opinion on their own reasonable doubt. And they got some instructions, but it really comes down to your own opinion. Uh, you know, if I was a white man sitting on that jury, I would be absolutely terrified to be arguing. I think there was five out of twelve were white people. You know, to be sitting there on one side of the table, and... You're like, you know, I'm not so sure. I mean, I think people would be calling you racist. Like, you'd be in the jury room getting called a racist. I mean, that would be absolutely terrifying. And then it's like, well, you know that when the thing's over, you know, if you're the one that caused the mistrial because you wouldn't agree to the decision, it's like, uh, they're going to be like, yeah, it was that guy. What guy? You know, it was just, it was some banker who was gone for these days, you know, Whatever, I mean, people, the internet would hunt you down and figure out who you are. And I guess, long story short, that's fine. You cannot keep your knee on someone's neck after they're dead while people are filming you. That's just, you know, you're either such an idiot that you need to go to prison for a long time, or you're an evil person who needs to go to prison for a long time, so... You know, he was dead after like five minutes, and he's just like standing or whatever. And you know, in the crowd, the crowd was um, was being aggressive, and you know, might attack them. And so that was that was one possible reason why he kept doing it after George Floyd was dead, which was a terrible look, obviously. Was that this crowd is about to attack you, and if you try and turn George Floyd over and do some CPR or something, then the crowd may attack you and. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to hold this position until the ambulance gets here. And, you know, maybe that, 
to give him the benefit of the doubt, that might have been what he was thinking, or he's just he just got a screw loose and he uh, kept his knee on the guy's neck after he was dead. Because I think before he's dead, you know. Well, like for instance, I think they looked at 300 cases in what is Minneapolis or Minnesota in general where people were held down with a knee on the neck. And in every single case, they all lived, right? So, you know, maybe he thinks, well, you know, I'll keep my knee on this guy's neck because in the last 300 times, they all lived. But like I say, you just you can't keep your knee, in my opinion, can't keep your knee on the guy's neck after he's dead. And so it's better for America, regardless of what that guy deserves. It's better for America to find out that America is completely not racist. Or at least in this case, they are. All right, thanks for listening. So the fifth column podcast with Camille Foster, absolutely great podcast. Uh, had a math teacher from one of the super rich prep schools in New York, high school, teaches high school math. And his school has become anti-racist, so they're, you know, all the teachers are having to take seminars and, you know, the white teachers are pulled off in one group and they're taught about how to look at their navels and their whiteness and be allies and, you know, silence is violence and stuff like that. And, and I don't know, this guy's white, so I don't know what they teach the, uh, people, the teachers of color, but something else, probably that all the white people are evil. All their white teacher coworkers are, you know, secretly KKK people probably. But interesting thing happened is, uh, it gets so hard to get stats on any of this. And now this is not like a, double-blind, peer-reviewed, uh, Pew research poll or anything, but, uh, so these kids are being taught, you know, whatever, all this stuff, like, you know, just posting the BLM thing on Facebook is not enough, you gotta be, you know, actively challenging racism, you know, stuff like that. And so this teacher has some kids that, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if this teacher's been fired yet or not, that's probably, I haven't got to that part of the story. But uh, this teacher has some kids that, you know, he felt wouldn't rat them out, basically. And so he asked them what percentage of the kids they thought were true believers. Now, this is a good this is a good technique for finding out the truth. Like, if you ask someone if they're uh, happy, you know, they might they might they might not tell you the truth. But if you ask someone else's friends whether they think that person is happy, they're, they're usually much more accurate, you know. People from on the outside looking in can be more accurate. So he asked these kids what percentage of uh, students had bought into all this anti-racism stuff. And the results were interesting. So, so first off, you know, you can't... Well, let me just tell you the numbers. It was something less than 50% for the boys... And around 80% for the girls. So if you're in that slight majority of the boys who doesn't believe in this stuff, I mean, you know, you're on a Zoom call in this past year. You're on a Zoom call where people are like, are you against racism? I mean, obviously those kids say yes. I mean, they they say the right things. They're, you know, maybe they keep quiet, in which case silence is violence. And then they're, you know, but anyways, eventually they're forced to speak. And so they say the right things, right? You know, you're not going to. You're not going to say, you know, you got any evidence to back up your claims? No, they they say the right things because otherwise people will come down on them like a ton of bricks.
So everyone says the right thing, but the question is who truly believes in what the in all this stuff. And uh, so it's somewhere less than fifty percent of the boys, about eighty percent of the girls, which I think it's because it's like religion. Like you know, if you, I think if you went and went to like a church and pulled pulled all the people and were like, in your heart of hearts, do you really believe God exists? You'd find that men are about 50-50. They're like, well, you know, me and my family, me and my wife and my kids, we go to church every week, but I'm not entirely sure that God exists. Whereas you ask the women, they'd be like, yeah, no, God exists. You know, and it's just, it's like that Homer Simpson, that Simpsons episode where Homer's like, I don't want to go to church. <laughs> and Marge is like, you got to go to church. And he's like, why? And he just doesn't go. Now, so anyways, so these are high school kids in a super rich high school prep school in Manhattan. So these are these are exactly the kids who are about to be, you know, the next class at Harvard, Yale, Princeton, etc. Which means that they're also the next group of people who are about to be in charge of major companies. You know, like you get an MBA from Harvard, boom, they start you they start you very high up on the corporate ladder. And so anyways, we're not gonna get less of you know, the stuff that's going on now is going to get more and more extreme because they're really, in my my opinion, brainwashing and indoctrinating the kids right now. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Should be fun. Thanks for listening. I had an amusing thought of a Zoom call with one of these highfalutin prep schools where a teacher's talking about white supremacy and then one of the kids goes, what's the evidence that white supremacy exists? So boom, you know, the Zoom call goes silent, and the teacher pulls out a dictionary, and they go to white supremacist. And under that heading, you know, there's 20 diff- different definitions. You know, every month they're adding a new definition, and the latest one on there is someone who asks for evidence that white supremacy exists. And so the teacher's like, boom, dictionary definition of a white supremacist is you. Therefore, white supremacy exists. Bam. Twitter handle at Anti Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.